0: You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to our In Conversation program, featuring sporting heroes from the world town, of sport in general and luck. past and present Jovertag players and supporters.
1: And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is
0: stuck it's your chance to find out what makes these sported heroes tick and also we get a feel for their musical preferences
2: to take you out of this place
1: so
0: sit back and enjoy as Three Valleys Radio brings you the best in local sport. Delighted to welcome to the show this week, uh, not only an ex-Yobertown legend, really, but also the current manager of Bristol City. It's none other than Mr. Lee Johnson. Hello there, Lee. How are you doing?
3: Good evening, Adrian. How are you?
0: Oh no, not too bad. Um, as I said to you earlier, apart from uh, uh, from the waist upwards, I'm fine. But other than that, yeah. not so good. But anyway, go,
3: we won't worry about the me. Old nine ten, Jack out, mate. Go yeah. The old nine ten, Jack out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you, you, we're not talking about me. We're talking about you, old dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, but so the basically the idea is we, we talk to you about your career, you give us some music which yeah. you've already done, and then we we play that as part of the interview. And um basically, we hope that the uh, audience will enjoy going back over your career and you know remembering some of the the good times that we had together. So away, my friend. That's the that's the idea anyway. So you were born in 1981 in Newmarket. So why didn't you become I a was, jockey? Mate.
3: <laughs> well, I certainly had the frame for it. Um, yeah, I probably should have become a jockey, but I think sometimes you're a byproduct of your environment and uh believe it or not, like with the football sort of um family and the Johnsons, the midget mafia if you like, but uh <laughs> hundreds of us around that sort of London area. Yeah. Um you know, what I mean, naturally you get pushed into football and then obviously you enjoy football and felt i always had that ignition whether it be playing on the park or in the living room knocking my mum's a lad little ornaments down and getting sent to my room and to just want to be the want to be the best i could possibly be so uh, i think it definitely stood me in good stead and uh, obviously managed to have an okay career in the end um, and probably maximize some very bad genetics
0: Hmm. Well let, let's just go back a bit. Um you you started a, a youth um, academy at Arsenal. Um yeah. but things didn't go quite well and I've heard this this story so many times of different footballers where everything's going fine and then you get somebody coming on the coaching staff you don't get on with and suddenly everything goes wrong and that was the case with you, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I think was it? I think you, you have to love football and you have to enjoy your football particularly when you're young
4: Mm. and
3: I think young players in particular can grow and flourish when they've got good coaches around them and coaches that believe in them encourage them and um Almost like a gardener, just sprinkle their bit of magic on them, if you like, and let them and let them grow.
4: Mm. And
3: I just didn't feel there was a lot of change at Arsenal at that particular time. Um, I still had a contract; I had, uh, mm. I had two and a half years left on my contract at that point. Um, but I was made to feel wanted and uh, loved, if you like, by. At Watford and in particular a coach called Jimmy Gilligan there mm-hmm. and it was the right thing to do and um, Dad actually joined Watford after I did um, I'm not sure how many people actually know that but uh, yeah so maybe I don't know by Watford signing a player from Arsenal Dad got a job on the back of me for once
0: <laughs> <laughs> Interesting theory um, So uh, what was life like at Watford? I mean, how Very different, good. How um, different was it from very, Arsenal?
3: Um very different, yeah. It was in an era where <laughs> you'd rather have a, a tall average one than a good little one, if you like, in terms yeah. of footballing ability. The Premier League was going bigger, faster, stronger all the time. Um, but it was it was a club built on Graham Taylor's values, if you like. And uh, they were excellent, and he was excellent, and uh, the coaching staff that he had, people, if you like, uh, really sort of ran the club and set the culture and it was a place where I learnt a lot I mean unfortunately probably due to their success again like you got promoted because at the first stage when I joined there in League One promoted in that first year then I joined YTS as they call it and uh, you're 16 years old having left school uh, hoping to get into the side around sort of 17, 18 by the time I was 18 Watford were in the Premier League Yeah.
4: Um,
3: and naturally what goes with that is a, a lot of foreign players come over and, uh, and you sort of get knocked down the pecking order. Mm. It, was a, it was a very good group that we was in. We got to the uh, quarterfinal, might have even been the semi-final, the FA Youth Cup, and players like Tommy Smith, Gifton Noel-Williams, uh, David Perpettwini, all, all went on to have like very good um, careers and, and made top-level appearances. So, yeah, I found myself um, really itching to play, to be honest, and mm. turned down a couple of foreign moves, a couple of low moves, and... Um, I actually moved to, uh, when I left Watford, again, I still had a bit of time on my contract. And really, it was that, just that first and desire to play men's football. Yeah. Went to Brighton for a bit. And uh, again, a very successful side. And Mickey Adams I like, really had that club and the place going. They got promoted that year as well. So at this point, I'm thinking, but now I'm nothing more than lucky. Charm at the moment <laughs> um but i was still hungry to play and i, I mm. quickly moved to brentford again to try and get that chance we we're in a very different situation and it didn't work man then i, was, I mean you, you start questioning like i've actually got a career here or not um and i was due to go out fc Midland, which you know now because brentford uh, are in control and sort of uh, they're the sister club but at that point they wasn't that well known and I thought well that might be just a place where I can really focus in on football and like learn my trade while playing first team games and um, in a division that probably didn't have the speed and the direct play that the other country uh, that England had and at that point I then was really training at Yeovil in, in the pre-season period to get fit for that move where their season started a little bit later mm-hmm. and um, quickly like found that I really enjoyed Yeovil Town um, not just the place but the people and uh, it coincided quite nicely because I think Southend come in for Ben Smith, yeah, and um, and, and bought Ben Smith from Yeovil it was obviously a, a good player at the time. So whereas previously there probably wasn't even an opening um, uh, in terms of a midfield spot, suddenly that became available, mm. and that uh, like I think was a bit nervous about it because I wasn't really proven, I hadn't really played much, but at the same time. There was a group that had very similar backgrounds in terms of good pedigree, been involved in England squads and uh, coming up through the the ranks. And and we all got on so well that I think that route almost presented itself to dad, if you like. And and he's saying, right, the way we're going to get this club going is get these sort of high pedigree youngsters that have got something wrong with them, i.e. Darren Way at five foot one, Lee <laughs> Johnson at five foot one and a half. Yeah. And um and, and players like your McKindos and your Crittendons that have all and your Skivertons have all been at these top clubs and and had to earn a crust at the lower levels. And and to be honest it you could see the signs pretty early in terms of the training and the quality, but it didn't really catch hold in the first couple of months, did it, um, when Dad was there, yeah. and we all joined. And I, can, I can remember
0: when, when Dad came in, we, we did a, I remember we did a photograph down on the pitch, and there was five new players, I think. Um, certainly you were one of them, Andy Turner, Carl Alford, uh, uh, I can't remember the other two, but do you remember? Do you Colin remember, Miles. Colin Mars, yeah, do you remember it? And yeah, yeah, you were all stood you were all sort definitely. of stood at an angle sort of thing, if you remember what I mean. But um yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and yeah. certainly certainly then, you know, we, we all sort of realised that, you know, Gary knew what he was doing, that's for sure. Right, it's time for Lee Johnson's first musical choice, and that's something called Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. <laughs>
5: The hip hop, the, himmit, the, himmit, the him, hip, the it, to the hip, hip hopper. You don't stop the rocket to the bang, bang, boogie. Say, up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to beat. Now what you hear is not a test, I'm rapping to the beat. And me, the groove, and my friends are gonna try to move your feet. You see, I am Wonder Mike, and I like to say hello. Or to the black, to the white, the red, and the brown, and the purple, and yellow. But first, I gotta... But I brought two friends along And next on the mic is my man Hank Come
6: on, Hank, sing that song Check it out, I'm the C-A-N-S-N The and the rest is F-L-Y You see, I go by the code of the doctor of the mix and these reasons, I'll tell you why You see, I'm six foot one And I'm tons of fun, and I guess... Him and talking my checkbook. Cause it cost more money I than a sucker could ever spend. But I wouldn't give a sucker or a bunk from the rockin' not a dye till I made it again. Everybody go, oh, tell, more kill. What you gonna do today? Cause I'm gonna get a fly girl, gonna get some strength and drive off in a death OJ, everybody go-
5: gonna do well it's on and on and on and on and on the beat don't stop until the break of do when i said a m-a-s-a-t-e-r-a-g with a double e i said i go by the unforgettable name of the man they call the master g well my name is known all over the world by all the fox the ladies and the pretty girls i'm going down in history as the baddest rapper that ever could be now i'm feeling the highs and you're feeling the lows the beat starts getting into do. You start pumping your fingers and stomping your feet And moving your body while you're sitting and you're sitting Then damn, you start doing the freak I said, bam, I'll ride it out of your seat Then you throw your hands high in the air You're rocking to the rim, shaking it there, air. You're rocking to the beat without a care Cruises the I shot MCs for the affair Now I'm not as tall as the rest of the gang But I rap to the beat just the same I got a little face and a pair of on. All I'm here to do, ladies, is hypnotize Singing on and, and on and on and on and on The beat don't stop until the break of on. I sing it on and and on and on, on and on like a hot butt of the pop, the pop, the pop give it pop, the pop, pop. You don't dare stop or come alive, yo. And give me what you got. I guess by now you can take a hunch and find that I am the baby of the bunch, but that's okay. I still keep it strong, cause all I'm here to do is just a wiggle yo behind. Sing it, it sing it on and then on and on and on. The beat don't stop until the break. of don't wanna sing it on and then on and on and on and on. Rock, Rock, yo. I do it on the floor, I'm gonna freak your hey I'm gonna freak your day, I'm gonna move you out of this act your 'cause I'm one of a kind and I'll shop your mind I put the tip tick yo tick, behind I say the one two three four come on girls I get on the floor I come alive y'all I give me what you got cause I'm guaranteed to make you rock. I say one two three four tell me one do mind what are you waiting for To the hip hop the hip, me to the hip and the hip hip behind but you don't stop
0: Song number one there for Lee Johnson, of course, is the Rapper's Delight by the Sugarhill Gang.
3: Now, I think that Dad, to be honest, it worked really well for both at that point, didn't it? Dad mm. was a proper professional. You know what I mean, in terms of uh, like what he'd done in his career, and and Yeovil needed that, you know, a very a very big club in, in the non-league scene, if you like, and mm. and needed that extra level of quality and professionalism. It was quite a bold route, really, that the club took to to, to have and to hold all the young players yeah. um, and then sprinkle it with that little bit of experience, like players like Carl Alford there. And, and there were ones that sort of come, come and went along the way, but that sort of core of like Skiverton, Miles, Wade, Johnson, Wheel, uh, do you know what I mean, mm. Gould, mm. Williams, McKindo. Always seem to to stay and be very very strong uh, straight down the middle.
0: Looking back on your time at Yeovil, um, you know, what do you see as your high spot? The, the, the um, FA Trophy win, perhaps, or, or I don't know. What, what would you think?
3: No, I don't. I don't look at back it and think that that individual for me is about the feeling, if you like, isn't it? Mm. It was the people, you know. It was the it was the feeling of the. The town was behind us, yeah, and um, that we were so close as players that we worked our socks off to improve you know what i mean we we were genuinely hungry, uh, and we thought about football every minute of every day, and even when we was on our nights out, as people will remember seeing us um a bowl around the town like we own the gas, <laughs> not, not in a sort of disrespectful or big-time way, but just that we was loving life uh, mm. in Yeovil, and it seemed like the town was buzzing. You no know, trade seemed to be good, and attendances were good. You know, what I mean, I think like they they like the humans that are involved in the football club, the fans, and and there was a a, a real rapport. Not just with the supporters, but with the community, mm. um, and that and that was a good feeling. If you know what I mean. So, like for me, that in one sense your best time, because you're developing as a as a man, as an individual, uh, you're developing team spirit all the time. You're physically like, you know what I mean, with the work that you're doing in terms of your weights and your gym stuff. You're improving, and what happened was you start to believe that you can't get beat. Mm. because you can go toe-to-toe physically with your opponent at those levels. You can go toe-to-toe mentally. You know you've got the best team spirit in the division. You know that you trust your teammates and that you've got very good players. And you know that your mate will die in a ditch to protect you. So Mm. it was almost like the Truman Show, or like a little micro-bubble. And I I don't think the club would have held on to the players as long as they did except for the location of Yeovil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, because I yeah. think if that had been like a Rochdale or something like that, where, I mean, scouts, like a thousand scouts live within a 20-mile radius, I think like that team would have broken up a lot quicker because the club would have been forced to sell. So yeah. it was just the stars aligned, really, and uh, got the good, good, good lads that were hungry, playing at a level where they could cope and grow under a very good manager at a time where this the crowd were giving us real support
0: and i think you know gary went out of his way too to to uh, endear himself to the local community in so much as you know he would always be available to speak to people he would always be available to go and open fates or, or you know whatever the case may be and the players were the, the same he would always make sure they were available so it was a kind of a you know uh, that was that was a major part of why you suddenly became so popular there I think
3: Yeah I think it's so important it doesn't matter whether it's Bristol City now or Yeovil then it's all about the people do you know what I mean if you're an owner or a manager you're really just a custodian of a role yeah the the club belongs to the community Mm. It it belongs to the fans and I think that we actually enjoyed meeting people i mean there's some great stories of where we did meet people in the community and, and had a and had a good laugh and, and charity events that we went to to mm. um to help raise funds you know what i mean but we made a day of it it wasn't never a slog you know what yeah I mean, yeah us no in that that's sense. right we, we always tried to muck in and uh i remember just going to five ways for example and um and watching the the christmas nativity that they put on for us mm. and it was fantastic you know it was comedy involved and and then they were inspired by us being there and we were inspired by um their efforts do you know what i mean and, mm. and it was a, just a, a good good feeling and then they came in to watch training and i think one day uh, even one of the guys that went to the community center there uh <laughs> we managed <laughs> we managed to um it was after a loss as well i think we managed to sneak him in a big guy he must have been about six foot two probably about sort of 16 17 stone yeah. uh, we snuck him in put a kit on him uh like a training kit and uh and said come on you're gonna come and like be a footballer for the day and obviously naturally he was absolutely loving it
4: mm.
3: but dad was in a meeting sort of like a post-match um digging us out, a few of us. And then he turned around and he's like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> and this and this guy sat there and he's like, oh, hi, Mr. Johnson. Um, I've come training for the day. I'm going to be a footballer for the day. And like, do you know what I mean? The, the dressing room just roared with laughter. And dad, even dad started laughing. <laughs> eventually he went out on the on the pitch with the boys done half a lap warm-up walked in and said nah, "That a are too fit for me <laughs> <laughs> but that was the sort of thing that do you know what I mean that was a classic example of a what we could get away with due to the amount of results that we got mm. and b the community spirit that do you know what I mean that yeah. fulfilled somebody's dream there if you like yeah. by letting them uh, come in and sit and train with us and uh and, and get a feeling for what it's like to be a professional footballer
0: yeah absolutely well going back to your 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 uh Birthplace of Newmarket. Do you remember um, we were running a newspaper at the time called Glover's News, and uh, we got you over to one of the local training um, horse establishments and uh, got you all decked up in the jockey's colours and up on a horse. Do you
3: remember that? I remember it. I still got the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was really it, good. Yeah. No, I do like. I like to jump on a horse every now and again. I'm not sure I'll break the back now of the horse, but um, yeah, I used to. Uh, my nan, my dad's stepmom was quite big in you know, like the show jumping world as mm. well. So, um like we we had a horse family horse called Jack Johnson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it was not a bad little horse to be fair, one uh, and helped win a few tournaments and was yeah. good on the dress style and stuff like that. So yeah, it's definitely I love going to the races. Um and obviously I've got mates that I grew up with at school that still work in, in mm. the horse racing game and stable lads and stuff like that. So uh, a jockey that I knew very well. So um, yeah, I do like racing, and yeah. I like a little flutter every now and again as
0: well. Well, of course, the guy that um, we arranged it with, when we went over there, was a, a, a chap called Jeremy Barber, and his son has now gone on to be a, a trainer, and he was champion champion point to point trainer for three years on the trot, and he's now gone in um, into a national hunt, and uh, he's doing quite well for a youngster. He's only about twenty six or seven at the most, I should Brilliant. think. Brilliant! And um, yeah, well, so, there you go. Yeah, yeah. He's
3: obviously learnt lot from his dad a lot more than i can say about me and my career <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i
0: wouldn't say that mate i wouldn't say that I'm uh,
3: uh, don't let him hear that he'll write me out the will mate i can't afford
0: that oh you know, god man. no 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 <laughs> heaven forbid that that would happen but look you had 192 well according to wikipedia and i always i used to add that bit because they're totally accurate but according to them you had 192 games for yeovil town and scored 23 goals does that
3: sound right No, I think there was more than that. Mm. I definitely had to hit the two hundred mark. I'm not sure if that's just league games or like um, not including cup, if you like. Yeah, might be conference and league games. Yeah, but Mm. yeah, I think uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it seemed uh, like a successful period. Yeah. what more can you say you know? No, absolutely. I know dad moved on in the end and I moved to hearts and, and I never really wanted to play I know I played probably 300 and 500 or 400 and maybe even for my dad but it's never something I was comfortable with mm. um, in terms of that, that feeling if you like that you know people are going to give the old nepotism shout. But at the same time, I've never had a problem once in my whole career with any player.
0: Time for song number two for Lee, and that is uh, With or Without You by U2. two there with with or without you
3: did you find that hard um, when the fans
0: started throwing that one at you
3: well I think I remember at Yeovil at first like you know you got to earn your credit it's not a problem you've got, you know, I mean, you you've got to deal with it you got to earn your corn if you like mm. you got to earn respect and then anybody listen. if somebody was playing for their dad now first thing I'd think is is he, is he only playing because of his dad like yeah. I mean, but at that point you got to prove everybody uh, right or wrong, depending on their mentality from the start and um and work extremely hard and just like any other player, but where I think it works really well um at Yeovil was naturally I've got an in with the manager, honestly, mm. so like because we was an honest bunch, if the boys needed a day off or they'd worked to like overwork been overworked or underworked or needed a night out to build team spirit. It was never disingenuous, uh, and Dad knew that. So, mm. because he believed one hundred percent in in the cause, and he knew we did, i.e., the sort of core, um, sort of leadership group, if you like, mm. then he would he would. You know what I mean, so it worked. So there was a natural link in there, apart from the captain, obviously, that that probably had most conversations um, with the manager, that maybe the captain couldn't quite ask for or say or Um, or help with that I possibly could so I think it was it was a quite respected role in the end just to, to get the dynamic of Influence, if you like, um, mm. both ways by the staff and the players. But
0: would you say that it, it helped you as a player in the context that you, obviously, if you like, to overcome that potential criticism? You, you had to be better. You had to constantly, you know, be be absolutely flat to the boards to make sure you were performing properly.
3: Yeah, well, I think it was it was a strength and also a curse. If you know what I mean, because you, you can never relax in that situation. You know, the mm. the, the drive, like I couldn't tell you the amount of meals that were ruined by you know, me not playing well or not going out with the misses on the on night that was planned because mm. i have not performed or do you know what i mean and, and, mm. and that drives you on but it also it's very difficult when you've got that mentality to be consistent if you like in your yeah in your development issue you, in your character because i was so hungry to, to win things to play at the highest level to get promoted to get a move even you know to play at the highest level possible um and that was no disrespect it's just that every player wants to to play as high as he can as long as he can if you know what i mean so um, like when the hearts thing came up like i was i was happy if you like to to sort of fly the nest yeah because i felt ready and at that point, they're just qualifying for the Champions League as well. Mm. So, do you know what I mean? There was a potential qualifier. There was a potential that in, in four months' time, I could actually be standing there in, in the Champions League, sounds and music, mm. um, trying to compete at, at those type levels. And, and that was what every player wanted at that age 23,
0: yeah. 24. I'm sure it was, yeah. And um, But wasn't there a guy, was his name Romanoff? It rings a bell. Didn't, didn't he have a few problems no, with guys. the
3: club? yeah that's uh, save that for the book mate um, but no <laughs> listen it, it was a difficult period it was a great club and and i learned a lot of how not to do it <laughs> um in terms of like the organization the structure the the honesty um of, of individuals but it was a great club as well you know it's another good club and the mm. fans there and like the history is is vast, you know. It was a good level when I first went there at, at Hearts. You know, the, the standard of football was very very good. A lot of money still in the in the Scottish game, and good foreign players. Like sold out crowds. You know, definitely compared to the next time I went, which was with Kilmarnock, mm. which it, it sort of fell out. Sort of base it fell out of Scottish football, if you like, in terms of quality mm. and uh, and attendances
0: but so uh, you weren't there that long then at, at uh, Hearts were you?
3: I think I was there about six seven months and, mm. and basically it come to a head because Graham Ricks had signed me left, uh, got sacked and, and Romanov just started picking all teams and uh, times of the substitutions and, and you know me the f- football meant too much to me mm. just to pick up a, a pay packet if you like and and be controlled by somebody that wasn't even at training i wouldn't have even mind if the owner was at training and picking the team mm. Um, but he wasn't and we ended up with like 50 players at one and i think it was 72 pros at one point <laughs> Something think stupid like that um and uh there, there's some just bad things going on but uh, again you just got to sometimes bite your lip accept it and move on and to fair i had most clubs in Scotland apart from Rangers and Celtic that were interested in taking me mm. um, but like, Scotland had been tarnished a little bit Like for myself and Nick and my wife had, had moved obviously out of Yeovil where again she had that unbelievable group of friends and that was difficult because that was the first move um for her and that, and people forget that in football you know they've got their own lives and she had a good job and mm. a nice little routine and she's dumped in a hotel for three months on her own mm. with nothing like but it must be difficult think. yeah very difficult yeah especially mm. when i'm coming home at three o'clock in the afternoon and i mean she then wants to go out Cause yeah, she didn't done anything all day, and I've been not good session <laughs> yeah.
4: Exactly,
3: so yeah. not easy. And that was mm. pre Isabella, our daughter. So yeah, yeah, and uh, we bought a house, so we committed, and and then six months later, like it's, we realise it was the wrong thing to do, and and we've got to got to move on for the sake of mm. our future. So I had a few clubs, let's like, say the Scottish clubs, and and I remember speaking to Dennis Wise at Swindon that wanted to uh, take me there and sort of build around. that, And I, I was close to doing that, but I was conscious of dropping the levels because I think they were in League Two at the time. Mm. And then it was really a choice of Blackpool or Bristol City. And I was going to go to Blackpool just because I didn't want to play for Dad again. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was scared of probably the owner. The owner was they were going to make me the highest paid player at the club which mm. didn't seem right to me anyway because I wasn't that type of player I was the type of player that got the ball to the best or the highest paid player at the club
4: mm. It's not
3: like I was going to bang in 20 goals and um, I knitted the team together, and I knew that was my club uh, job role. But it was also a, a Latvian slash Lithuanian owner at the time, mm. and I'd just come from a Lithuanian owner. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, mate, like this is just just didn't feel right." So inevitably, it was it was Swindon that had sort of timed out, mm. or Bristol City, and then Steve Lansdowne gave me a call and said, "Look, we was, we were thinking about signing you from uh, from Yeovil before you went to Hearts." we've watched for a long time all your contract stuff will be done via me even giving you a new contract um and, and i'll take control of this one but uh bristol city football club want you not just gary johnson yeah and um, and and i'd had a tough season dad had had a tough start there i think he'd lost eight on the spin at one point and then the start of the new season there in the relegation zone when i went down there i remember the first game we lost to Blackpool, and uh, some fella come on the pitch, like swung a punch at me, <laughs> steaming. Actually, entered the pitch, and I was like, like the Matrix, ducking it. Mm. And uh, he ended up, whatever, getting taken out. But I just remember that feeling of like you're not wanted, and he was your old man. Was so that, again? <laughs> was that you had the, to turn
0: um, that round? Was that the Peter Jackson one? No, nah, that, some... that was that
3: was Huddersfield. That was away. Yeah, that's just that. the photo, mate. That was yeah. just typical of of me and, and two competitors trying to uh, <laughs> get annoyed and then not get sent off
0: <laughs> Right, time for some more music now and the next one of uh, Lee's choices is You've Got the Love by Florence and the Machine
1: Sometimes I feel like throw my hands up in the air I know I can count on you Sometimes I feel like saying, Lord I just don't care, but you've got I need to see me through Sometimes it seems the Lord is just too Time after time I think it's just no good Cause sooner or later in life the things you love you lose But you've got the love I need to see me through
0: and the machine there, and you've got the love. so, so going go back to Bristol City then. Um, you know any, any sort of major high spots, I suppose the, the playoff um, final where we didn't quite make it?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the Bristol City one, like definitely the promote to, to, it was generally successful, like in terms of the playing I love the first year I went in, we got promoted, so we was in the relegation zone hmm. um, when I went in six, seven games in, and we got promoted that year. So uh, that was a successful season all round, really. Again, great lads, like, really, really close. Got with all the boys. Different, not so much the families like it was at Yeovil mm. uh, and the wives and the girlfriends, but the lads was very, very close. Obviously, Bristol was a great place to live. Mm. Big expectation, and it was mission accomplished. You know? We got promoted. Yeah. Year after, it was we was uh, unfancied. Obviously, after getting promoted and done it unbelievably well, we was hanging in really, in in the first 10, 15 games. But somehow ended up in the playoff positions. And then I think our top scorer finished on eight goals that year, which sort of shows you that yeah. how we got to the playoff finals. Some great defending, if you like, as a team and hard work and, and a little sprinkle of quality here and there. And, and then ended up getting in the playoff final and and, yeah difficult because nothing seemed to go right for us on the day Um, from Jamie McComb getting ill uh, the night before to the grass being the longest that Wembley's ever had it that suited a (laughs) long ball team which Hull was and Bradley Orr going off after five minutes with a fractured Mm, chick. you know what I mean it was just too many things went against us and um, it was hard, hard to take because as a dream that every boy, if you like, and and man wants, we're playing at the highest level
0: Mm. Well I can remember that uh, I was at the game, because your dad got some tickets for us (laughs) we were sat in the stand there and and he was coming round and he was waving, he could see us, but I couldn't see him and he was waving to us and eventually the connection was made and we went down and had a chat with him, you know, and he was so pumped up for it then, I could tell, I'd, I'd not seen Gary like that before really, but he was well pumped up for it and You know, just just one flipping goal from, what was it, Dean... uh, Dean Windus. Yeah, that's it, Dean Windus. Yeah, it was sort of sport the whole day, really, didn't it? But there we go. That's football, I guess. You can't... uh, That is, that's football.
3: It's got to be a winner and, unfortunately, a (laughs) loser. and on that day we just couldn't
0: uh, see it over the line. Mm. So let's just jump a few few couple of years anyway. Um you ended up at Oldham Athletic as a, as a manager, a young manager. Um you know, first job. Uh what what sort of what was the, d- the decision process on that? Where, you know, did you feel that you you couldn't play anymore or was injuries getting but,
3: you down or was it just an opportunity yeah, you couldn't miss? I had a bad I had a bad injury on my right ankle. Mm. And uh, that was at Bristol City. Actually, that was what led to the um, championship player final. I'd missed the the six or seven games before that, and I was on the bench and that game came on. Mm. Um, But it was never right, and it was getting worse and worse. It was getting stiffer and stiffer, and I could never... um, like get it right whatever i had injections like it just it just wasn't getting better mm. i was struggling to push off my right foot i went to scotland enjoyed it because obviously we won the um, we beat celtic in the cup final which was a magnificent day of kilmarnock but family again like wasn't really settling my little girls now sort of three or four years old mm. no support network uh the club at that point, we'd, we'd, I was 31. You get man of the match you're playing at Parkhead against Celtic, and then the next game you get dropped because a 17 year was playing instead of you. Mm. And it just—it's tough. It was tough for me to take because I just wanted to play every minute of every game. Yeah. Um, and then when my ankle seemed to get worse and worse, I thought, right, I'm going to come back. And I thought I'd be really, really. Quite easily get get a club um, at sort of a decent level, maybe even championship. But yeah, I was struggling. A lot of teams had sort of halfway through the season had lost their like budget or didn't have any room to to pay for players. And I was actually going in as a player um, to Oldham the, the day that Dickov got sacked. and the next day I was going in um, as a player, yeah. on, like on a trial, sort of with a view, if you like. Yeah, and then he got sacked, and I was like, oh, hell, that's that, then I won't turn up. So I didn't. And then I went to see a few people. I was naturally stepping into that. I'd done my coaching badges, but still with a mindset of playing. And then just got introduced to Simon Corney, who was the owner, via an agent that said, that you need to speak to this lad. And, and really, I was probably going to go in as maybe player coach to Ian Dowie. Yeah which suited me ideal really but I nailed the interview and um, a lot of sort of two or three high profile people in football had recommended me and they were like look we want you to be the manager which was good um, I was ready you know I mean I knew I delivered a very good interview in terms of what Oldham needed there was a long period There's about a six week period between Dickov getting the sack and me sort of getting put in as manager so it yeah. wasn't like I'd been like the owner didn't even know that I was coming in as a player, I don't think. Um, so yeah, it was. I had a good six weeks to study, if you like, the football club and the intricacies of the club and the team. And um, it was a strange appointment from the outside world well, because they're putting a rookie into a relegation battle. Mm. Um, but as it turned out, you did all right. As it turned out, we had done all right, and uh, I went in with a document of the first 100 days and, and all the things I was going to do in that first 100 days, and uh, like I say, we pretty much achieved all of them, and and that was where it started, and then the next year was about changing the philosophy and the, and the culture and getting assets into the football club of which we did and coached and sold. And uh, and then the year after, I think that's when when Barnsley came in for me. I think we were, we were fourth at one point in the division in League One, and an older man been up there for sort of like eight or ten years, um, and like when Sheridan had it last. So yeah, it was a um, it was a, it was a tough one because there was moments in there that I mean it was a great learning um, curve because it's a bit like Yeovil in that sense in terms of. Like it has to sort of run day to day the cup runs are massive um, for the budget and then to keep people in jobs and that and that was the pressure one game away to Mansfield we played in the cup, we drew with them at home 1-1 then the draw was made, Liverpool away and then we had Mansfield in the replay, the owner tells me before kick kickoff that if we don't win the game and get the 750 grand that we would have got from the, the Liverpool that probably the club's going to first of all not be able to pay anyone for three months and then may potentially go into admin and fall out of the league <laughs> so that <laughs> <Great>. pressure of <laughs> yeah. uh, of that is just like, is phenomenal and mm. I think even since I haven't felt the pressure, we went 1-0 down and won that game 4-1 and ended up playing Liverpool and uh, like I say the, the club's uh, still going so <laughs> yeah. how true that was I don't know but mm. that, was what, that was what was but, but said it, to
0: me Go back and, to yeah. uh, going back to Oldham um, what about the two games against dad
3: was it two or three <laughs> two games yeah mm. two games yeah. Mm. I mean the first one I think was probably more difficult for him mm. uh, like obviously Yeovil flying going mm. for automatic promotion moves in a relegation so it was a tough one for him because like Knowing that if if Oldham goes down, probably my career stops before it's even started.
4: Yeah. Um, and yeah.
3: but at the same time, that instinct to win, of course, would have been in there and to get Yeovil promoted. So in the end, it worked out perfect because Yeovil got promoted. But <laughs> I'm sure I heard him celebrate our goal a little bit. <laughs> I think maybe that. Uh, that um, sort of father instinct kicked in a little bit uh, during that game but the second one definitely not Uh, Jovo was struggling and we was up there I think we was like fourth or fifth at that time Jovo in the relegation it
0: was 4-1 wasn't it 4-0 yeah 4-1 4-0 yeah yeah
3: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but since then I've won a few of the old Johnson Cups, mate, so don't worry about that. Still on my piece.
0: More music now, and this time we have got for you Rocket Man and Elton John.
1: Back my bags last night, pre flight Zero hour 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high. I'm looking to find I'm not the man they think I am at home Oh, no, 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 no. My job, five days. Yeah.
0: there was another thing too about olden which I, I heard and i don't know whether it was true or not but i'm sure somebody told me and i can't remember who it was that that um there was some connection to manchester city in that that that, that they were very impressed with your progress and, and were looking to to you know get involved somehow was that true
3: um, yes, it was true. I mean, look, look Man City's obviously around the corner. You know, sort of, um, the, the club had, had moved into uh, total new levels and, and there was talk of feeder clubs and, and various situations that might work because these clubs need help from the big clubs. We tried it with two or three players on loan. didn't really work, but um, Man City helped me personally an awful lot. They employed somebody to... Uh, like a, a leadership slash mentor slash personality profiler, mm. they invited me in. They allowed me into their system to to look at their methodology, um, and to to travel. I went to New York City to look at uh, the setup there, which was good. Um, mm. But went to under twenty three games, and, and and it was just then uh, it was nice. They let me in, and uh, and they looked after me, and, and they they didn't need to do it. I think that sort of showed the class of the club, if you like, what their intentions were. I don't know. But um, but I still maintain very good relations uh, with with most of the guys Mm. at Manchester City currently.
0: must have been a a real feather in your cap when you're thinking, cool, you know, Manchester City and all their money and they're looking at you like that. I mean, that must have been uh, good for your ego, I should have thought.
3: Yeah, well, it's not so much your ego, but you're just happy to to learn, you know what I mean? To Mm. have an association. Yeah. Um, And like you say, put yourself in different environments um, and to go from probably having to find a patch to train on that's not, (laughs) <laughs> you know I mean, when you got one pitch in the middle of winter, ice station zebra, um, <laughs> to try and to try and work a session on that, then going across to Man City training ground mm. and seeing all the luxuries they've got, you know, it puts your sort of foot in both camps, if you like, and. Uh, no, it's been interesting just watching that club grow and evolve to the club it is today. Mm,
0: absolutely. Well, um, Barnsley uh, year there, um, and obviously you were doing good things still because clearly the fact that you ended up at Bristol City was obviously that you know they thought you were good enough for the job.
3: Yeah, well, obviously we went through a like at the time it didn't feel good because we went through a horrendous patch. But again, circumstantial. Unfortunately, the the owner there. Had terminal cancer and found out, and the budget was was cut a lot, you know. And and, mm. and it was about sustainability then, and providing the future, and um, and and wanted it done in a particular way. So the job description just changed, and it became more developer. But at the same time, we were still ambitious, and and the people at Barnsley are very ambitious. And and at one spell, it was tough. You know, it was lonely there. We we lost five or six on the spin. Uh, got knocked out to Alchingham in the, in the FA Cup and then at that point you're thinking again this might be it now do you know what I mean I might yeah. need to to dig in um, but good chat with owner, very honourable honest man genuine man and um, and sort of laid out the plan really to so, say look this wasn't what was promised to me he spent money on me but I haven't been able to do my job properly give me this four or five game period to turn it round this is what I need you may as well do it anyway because it's going to cost me this (laughs) cost you this to get rid of me and I want your word that that you'll go through with it and and we ended up winning I think six seven on the spin uh, getting into the uh, playoff sort of positions from rock bottom of the league and um, getting into the JPT final and then the call comes uh, from Bristol City and, and they Spend fair bit of money to to get me out of Barnsley, and again straight into a relegation battle. <laughs> now stepping up into a division uh, that you've got to learn quickly on the job.
0: Now, where was Dad at that point when you when you arrived at Bristol City as manager? Was he back at Yeovil then? Or? I think he
3: was at, I Can't remember. Was it Cheltenham? Yeovil? Can't remember. Hmm. Well Cheltenham it's came four after three, Yoval, it's didn't Four Four but... years. I've been at Bristol City four years. Yeah. Uh, in February. Coming. Yeah. So
0: and and I am I'm, I'm loath to ask this question, but uh, what do you think has been your best game at uh, Bristol City?
3: What as manager? Mm. <laughs> well no, no you know the answer, my friend, given no. the fact you're a United, uh, Yeah, I'm afraid um, so. Yeah, I that, obviously that, was what that one be. that one sticks out. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's a fantastic day. The team sheet, the goal scorer like the this year level of performance that the boys put in the atmosphere in the, in the renovated stadium and, and the kids really that will have that memory mm. uh, for the rest of their lives and i think those things are very very special and we've created a fair few of those special moments and then obviously we want to continue to create a lot more for a, for a city that is very very passionate about their football and um uh, but obviously Bristol City fans want nothing more than to, to play at that top level and it's difficult because the division is definitely skewed by the parachute payments and you almost start off with like a handicap if you like in mm. terms of uh, your starting point uh, and then you know what I mean, good decisions, good nurturing good coaching, a bit of luck along the way, holding on to your best players all counts to whether or not you can uh, get over the line and get promoted or not
0: So, are you going to make it to the Premier League? And if so, when?
3: I believe we will. I believe it's a really difficult um, division, without question or doubt. But probably the best league in the world, I think, in terms of the competitive nature. Like, bottom could easily beat top on on any given day. Mm. And in between, it's just (laughs) some big, big historic clubs. Uh, in there if you like and, and great managers have learnt so much off the foreign managers that have come over and been and gone I think I'm the longest serving in the championship now God knows how many managers have come and gone in the time I've been here Yeah um, Yeah But at the same time we've progressed year on year and the next stage is not finishing seventh it's it's getting into that top six and giving ourselves a shot at the Premier League
0: do you you know do you do you think you'd um well I'm sure you do it's a stupid question to ask really but i mean do you think you'd better cope well with the Premier League you got the ambition for it
3: yeah i've hundred percent got the ambition that goes without saying it hasn't mm. stopped since i was a I was a kid sleeping with my ball next to my pillow <laughs> uh, and wanting to be the captain of England you know that that yeah. doesn't change that that ambition and that drive. Definitely my ambition is to, to get promoted with Bristol City. Um, mm. But the harsh reality of football is that <laughs> nothing lasts forever. Do you know what I mean? So mm. through success or failure, um, we will part at some point. you know what I mean? Yeah. At, at that point, uh, I've got to make sure that I'm a better manager um, than I was uh, when I came in. And I, I feel ready in terms of like I've gone through a lot in terms of adversity and uh, the various players and, and the details that come along with that, the agents and the transfers mm. and the negotiating and the, the communication, the leadership. But the beauty of this game is you never stop
4: learning. No, and, quite. Uh,
3: and, and the minute you think you've cracked it, there's a good chance that uh, that'll be the end of you.
0: Now we come to Lee's final choice and a little bit of self-indulgence here. This is the Yeovil Town squad and Yeovil True.
2: I was born on a Yeovil Saturday It was persistent down with rain My mum said What a big head I ain't doing that again Well me dad rushed in And here is the thing He gave me some great advice He said, Now listen, my boy, that ain't all joy, but remember this all your life. In my heart, I am always yours, will I belong to the young? I never faltered and I found me a yeovil gal. Then there came a wedding day, and this is a tale to tell. Now the vicar, he said, be faithful and all others you must forsake. I said, I'll marry you true, cause I love you, but there's something that I must say. In my heart I am always yours. Talk. Imagine my heart that day. My emotions stirred with his first words when I heard him say. Go on, man. Go on, boy. Go on, myself. In my heart, I am always will I belong to the Yoville town. Yoville, true.
0: Well, I don't know if you could pick out Mr Johnson's voice amongst the rest of them, but certainly Stuart Owsley's came to the fore there, right to a, a midway through the record, I think. Anyway, that was Yovel True from the Yoval Town Football Squad.
3: I do enjoy, I've got a thirst for knowledge, and uh, I do enjoy trying to improve myself and my football club situation on a daily basis. And I can't promise anything, but what I can promise is that the effort and the work rate of myself and my staff and the players... Give us a, the best chance possible over a, over a sustained period of time.
0: Well, I'm sure that everybody at Yeovil, Lee, uh, including me, will wish you all the best in your your ambitions to get to the Premier League. We, you know, we always watch your results every week anyway, and obviously knowing you well as I do um, makes it that much more <laughs> sort of intense and noticeable. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, we all want to see you get up there, really. So come on, get on with it. Thank you very
3: much. Well, I would do, but you've had me on the phone for the <laughs> last minute. So well. Uh, Forty-five, get on, mate. Start planning my session.
0: <laughs> Forty-five tomorrow. minutes, I make it. But anyway,
3: <laughs> but no, brilliantly. Right. Thanks very much, post, for... my friend. The bill's in the post.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. That was uh, Lee Johnson, who, of course, is the manager of Bristol City now. Had a very, very great career with Yeovil Town, along with his father, of course, Mr. Gary Johnson. So, in the meantime, thank you for joining. Keep listening to Three Valleys Radio.
1: Take you out of this place, somewhere you can land ahead in return for grace. It's a beautiful day. Sky falls, you feel like it's a beautiful day.
5: This is Three Valleys Radio. My number one station. Community and sports radio from the heart of the West Country.